two lifelong best friends invade any and every topic on their minds. Nothing is off limits for Joshua Kahn and Bill Applequist. Listen now to their latest subject subjugation. It's this week's Con Quiz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conquest Podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and back with a fury. The furious of furious. The, fur- the best and furious eight of podcasts is what we are. I want to say something funny, but the movie was so bad that I can't. <laughs> All right, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, tuning in. If you subscribe to our show, you may have noticed that we haven't had one in a while. Yeah, sorry about that. And that's because uh, life got crazy yes. for both of us, and schedules stupid are stupid. So uh, yeah. we decided we're going to uh, dial things back a little bit and uh, maybe not do a weekly like we have been and uh, come at you uh, with a schedule that's a little more workable for us. We call this and, attainability. Yes, attainability. And that's what we're planning on doing. So um, if you are a returning listener, thank you for checking back in. If you're a new listener, you picked a weird place to start. Hi. I yeah. like your type. <laughs> it's like, you know, if I'm open a book, hey, chapter 28, let's yeah, start just, here. Let's just let's dive start in. Here. That's fine. Uh, well, um, then let's go ahead and get things kicked off as I introduce to you all my co-host, Bill Avaquist. Bill, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm healthy. I'm happy. We're in a good spot financially, finally. So, Yay. Yeah. Uh, happy financial. <laughs> Huzzah. Uh, so uh, just real quick, uh, my spring in review, as it were. Well, do you want to um, pop your beer first? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Guys, you can tell we're out of practice because oh, Bill glossed over the fact that he had a beer for had a alcohol. beer review. Uh, okay, so let's see if I still have the same charm as before. Yeah, you really got to dial it in. This is called Arcadia Ales, <laughs> and that is all I know about it. There is no other label <laughs> on this bottle. Um, yeah, it looks like it just got out of the shower. It's still kind of damp. Um, so we'll try it out. It has a cool little uh, little Celtic knot on the top. And I made this beer in the shower, which is why it's like that. <laughs> The listeners can't see the eyes I'm giving. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Listen closely. <laughs> it's coconut. Oh, it's is a, it? It's a coconut ale. Interesting. That's a weird flavor to be surprised by. <laughs> yeah, it is not often that you are surprised no. with coconut. It's like oh, I'm going to enjoy this ale. I'm expecting some hops. Sure. You know, possibly like a scent of chocolate or something like that. If it's a little bit darker. Coconut? No, that no, that hits you not left so field. much. Yeah, yeah. All Sometimes right. you feel like a nut. Sometimes <laughs> it's a beer. Beer in your face. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna be surprised by a lot of flavors because I have uh an Atwater Brewery Vanilla Java Porter. I have no oh, idea yeah. what flavors. You can tell that I came have from me. Store. That's like all of my favorite flavors <laughs> in a bottle. So, all right. Let's uh, let's try this bad boy out. Let's see if there. I actually have information on mine. Oh snap. Uh, I, let's see. It is 0.5% alcohol by volume. It, it pairs with, it pairs with guys, guys, I got a pairs with, Oh my I'm God. so excited right now. Pairs with coffee houses, tap houses, any houses. It's a lie. It's a lie. I got so excited and it turns out it's a lie. God yes. damn it. Oh, oh god i was so happy and yeah. it's all taken away because i didn't read ahead oh fuck you atwater brewery but let's try it it shouldn't make me so happy it, it's... oh god it makes me so mad oh yes all right 
Ah, um, I'm getting hints of vanilla. Okay. Um, some Java. Okay. And kind of a porter texture. Okay. Yeah, is okay. really what I'm drawing from oh, that's, this. That's deep. Thank you. Did you say it was 0.5%? <laughs> it says 0.5% alcohol by volume. Yes. I thought it would be like 5% or something like that. Oh, it is 5%. Oh, okay. I didn't. <laughs> There's I was like, that's the, just water. The <laughs> weird the weird abbreviation here has a point. The point's like one space too close to the five. Oh. And I've been okay. drinking all day. Yeah, so yeah. You have been bleached by the sun. An honest mistake. So, yeah. I'm quite sun-kissed, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Um, you so uh, to look a bit like Deckard Cain. You got <laughs> Beer interview. We nailed it. As always. Here's to us. Professionally done. Every time. <laughs> All right. Well, now, uh, as you know, we usually get into our segment, Week in Review. But there, there's been quite a few many weeks yeah. since then. So we're just going to call this uh, the, our Spring in Review. Yeah. We're a quarter of the year in review. Yes. Like a quarter of the year <laughs> yeah. to get caught up on on big time things. Uh, Bill, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, Tell us okay. about your, your Spring in Review. Well, as, as many of you know, I changed jobs. Yeah, you did. I went from a sit-down desk corporate gig to where I was getting paid really well, but I wasn't moving ever. And it was driving me insane, both <laughs> physically and mentally. Um, yeah, I'd gained a, a bunch of weight, and, and my skills at Tarpons had like decreased rapidly. And it was just, it was bad for everything about me. So I went and I started working at Field and Stream and built that place with them on the inside out. And, you know, I've been working there ever since, and it's been pretty good. I've been enjoying the leadership roles of it. I have not been enjoying all the children because <laughs> it seems like nine out of ten people that start there are children. And uh, so that's fun. A lot of high schoolers. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of like part timers that like they'll come in and they'll be like, you know, oh, this kind of sucks. I quit. It's <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay. Well, cool. what was your name? I didn't get it. So, but uh, yeah, I actually have a pretty good team there under me. So nice. I'm liking that, and I'm slowly starting to get along with management a bit better <laughs> because some of them were assholes to start with. Like, I don't think they realized just how old I was. Like, yeah. so they were just teaching, you know, treating me like a child, and oh, I'm just God. like. I got it. It's fine. It's cool. I, I I know what a cash register is. It's fine. Yeah. Oh so we've, we're finally getting over that stage. Sure. And uh, yeah, so that's good. Um, we've I've, I've been getting heavily into kayaking. Nice. Uh, I've been doing that quite a bit. I have three kayaks now. Jesus, so man. It kind of goes counterpoint to the whole financial stability sure, thing. Sure. I see but, that. Yeah, because they're not cheap. But I've been, <laughs> I've been enjoying that a lot. And the cool thing about that is uh, Carrie's been getting into that with me, too. I got her one. And, uh, so we've been enjoying that together, which I, one thing that I've always noticed with my hobbies mm -hmm. is I tend to always get into hobbies that only I'm into, you know, sure. like Frisbee golf. I was kind of the only one in our group to really enjoy that golfing. I'm kind of the only one in our group to enjoy that, you know, it's just like little stuff like that. And, uh, so I tend to like get heavy into those for a couple weeks and then kind of lose traction because I don't have anybody <laughs> to do it with. Sure. And uh, so it's, it's one of the things I've learned about myself is it's really, really good for me to have a partner in things. So just like you motivating me to do this, you know, I have Carrie like, hey, let's go kayaking. I'm like, F yes, let's yeah. go. Yes. Yes, wife. Yes. Way to be <laughs> ambitious. And so, so yeah, that's, that's been keeping me going. Um, I've lost that 20 pounds and a little bit more. I can feel myself coming back a bit. I'm, nice. I'm a purple belt now. I've been working my tail off when I can. And uh, the only thing that kind of sucks about the new job aside from the children, is the <laughs> schedule. I I thought that it would be a pretty steady schedule, like you either work days or nights or, you know, you're an open or closer, that kind of thing. 
But no, man, like you'll close one day. You get out of there at like 11 o'clock and then you got to be in at 7 a.m. the next morning. If it's a truck day, it's 6 a.m. the next morning. That's garbage. And yeah, it's I mean, that doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. So that's one thing that's really kind of hitting the bricks. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm getting over it. It'll be good. And uh, also we're selling our house. Uh, that's amazing because we should have been out of the house five years ago. Right. And that's, that's been something you've wanted to do for a while. What made you decide like now is the time this is the moment? Well, we've had a lot of crime in my area. Uh, my truck got broken into, we caught the guy in it and caught him in it. Yeah. Did I not tell you this story? No. Oh, okay. I I texted you after it happened. Yeah. Okay. To make sure everything was okay. Okay. But yeah, you are, you, I believe you were at work when I texted you. So it was like a, I'll fill you in later kind of thing. Let me set the stage. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, I am freakishly blind without contacts or glasses. (laughs) It's true. And I sleep in my boxers, just how it is. Yep. And we sleep on what's actually a four season room in my house because it's a one bedroom house. My daughter is freaking spoiled. <laughs> and so I, uh, Carrie and I are laying there fast asleep and we hear what sounds like a car door, but that's not uncommon. And we get people come, you know, neighbors that get home late all the time. I wasn't worried about it, but then my dog starts freaking out. Klaus, Ooh, the yeah. German. And he, he has a bark that scares me and I'm his owner. Sure. You know? yeah. So I, I peer out the window and I see something move and Carrie hops up out of bed and cause she has better eyesight than I do. <laughs> and uh, she, she opens the shade and she says, Bill, there's somebody in your truck. And I'm like, Oh shit. So I, I jump out of bed, stumble through the living room, sure. get out the front door. I'm in just, I think I was wearing boxer briefs that day. <laughs> and so I'm standing in my driveway and watching this, these, uh, these kids pile back in this SUV and drive off. And I'm just like, okay, so there have been at least three of them. Mm-hmm. I didn't grab my gun or anything. I, even if I would have grabbed my gun, I can't shoot them because right. that's manslaughter. They're moving anyway. away, and yeah. I'd, I'd probably hit up the other house. Sure. And uh, so I'm just like, well, that sucks. <laughs> so I I immediately got into my truck, made sure everything was there. Uh, they had pilfered freaking everything. They worked fast, man. It was Jesus. like 10 seconds, and they had my glove box emptied, my center console emptied. Everything was in a big ball actually wrapped up in my gi top. Wow. And, yeah, because I left my gi in there. And so I'm, I'm unpacking everything, putting it all away. And then I, I lock up my truck and I go, you know, I, I go lay back down in bed. I don't sleep anymore, of sure, course. Sure, yeah. But I'm laying there because that's kind of what I'm supposed to do at four in the morning. Yep. And uh, then I get up as like seven o'clock and I had to work at one. And I noticed there was a sheriff down the road. And, I, you know, I, I go and look and they're looking at some stuff in the middle of the road. And I'm like, how's it? Uh, how's it going? He goes, good. I'm like. They got in my truck, too, just so you know. He goes, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just so you know, they whoever did this also probably got in my truck. This is probably from them. He goes, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you call it in? I'm just like... <laughs> oh, right. That's the thing. Sh- I should have I done that. <laughs> now that you say that, it would make a lot more sense. But I was being... I well, thought what the police I, were closed. Yeah, oh, this is so, <laughs> well, it's so just late. like you don't think about that stuff, and you're just like. Sure. And I told him, I'm like, well, they didn't, they didn't take any. I, you know, I caught him before they took anything. He's like, you saw them? I'm like, well, yeah. I, well, it was dark, and they all got an SUV, and they're all wearing hoods and gloves and stuff, so I couldn't really see them. He goes, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, I, I just didn't think it would really help anything. And he's like, yeah, might have helped the, you know, six other people that got hit on this road. Oh, I'm like, shit. oh, yeah, selfish me. Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that makes more sense. So, yeah, that's that's a fun thing. And then uh, uh, two weeks ago, 
the one of my neighbor's trucks got stolen out of his driveway. Oh shit! He let, he's an idiot. He left the key in it, but oh, you know, it's not his fault. I mean, he right. just did it. You can't be that mad at him. But um, yeah, so there's been a lot of that. My, Fun fact: and I, I was waiting to see if you said this in your story. They caught those kids. Did they actually? Yeah. Oh, they were they were like on a like a spree yeah. doing that to a bunch of places. Yeah, uh, and they arrested them in uh, like on the Rock Island Moline boat border. Really? They were like, yeah, trying to get into, they were getting in houses oh. over there. Yeah, did you see and the... It was like, the reports, like, basically build a, a route from, yeah. like, Rock Island, from, like, the the East End all the way, or oh, so the West End. so they just followed that? And... Yeah. Like, they basically, all the reports, like, you can see wow. how they went. Yeah, because I, I know somebody at work who, uh, one of the kids was, like her neighbor's son or some shit so she was of course talking about it as loudly as possible yeah they moved quick i could tell (laughs) like as soon as i opened the door to go outside they were already in the suv backing out and uh they were they were lucky they didn't stick around that door any longer yeah klaus was at my heels and he wanted a bite so (laughs) uh but yeah um so all that and then my neighbor has been stupid weird He's he's an old army guy, not old. He's like our age, but he's an army guy, I guess. Yeah. From what I've heard about him, I haven't really talked to him, but he busts out all the windows in his house, and he's just what? Yeah, he's really crazy, and uh, so we want him out. And he, sure. he hasn't mowed his grass since you know spring, all spring. So Jesus. it's like waist high. Sure. And uh, so we're trying to show houses, and we're just like, ignore this. <laughs> um, we don't have any control of that. Yeah, tell them that it's like abandoned. Yeah. Well, it pretty much is. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's been a thing. But yeah, dude. So we've been looking at houses. We went and saw three of them today. Two were open houses. Uh, kind of disappointed in both, man. One was yeah. like our number one that we were like stoked. And of course, you know, the pictures made it look so much better than it actually was. Yeah. So that was a bit of a bummer. But I mean, it's still on the list. It's just, it just shut us down a little bit, you know? Sure. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's definitely a process. We're not, we're under no illusion that it's going to happen tomorrow. But I kind of want it to happen before August. Yeah. Because Brooklyn starts kindergarten in August. And oh, we, sure. I tell you, we toured her poten- potential school no. in kindergarten. Freaking bullet holes in the windows. What? Yeah, dude. Pass. Not even kidding. Not <laughs> even kidding. There's pass. bullet holes in the windows. Jesus. And, I mean, it looks like a great great teachers, great staff and everything, but it's it was made back in the 20s, and you could tell. I see. Like, the water fountains were actually, like, troughs. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, God. it was just... It's sketchy, man. And, like, they had more special education rooms than actual school rooms. Because yeah, that's apparently air quotes. This is where, like, if they have like kids that are troubled in schools, sure, they take them to this specialty like the ADHD school. ADHD kids, yeah, and stuff kids that, that can't really special behave. attention, all that stuff. Yeah, and, sure. But I've also heard stories. They also have a pretty good advanced curriculum too, which Brooklyn is going to need. I mean, yeah. she, through all the tests we've done and everything, she's going to need an advanced curriculum because yeah. she's been in school for years now with the daycare stuff. So sure, she's way ahead. Well, and you and you and Carrie are both just smart people like uh, yeah she's more smart than i am i'm just more sarcastic and i like to argue <laughs> that's true well <laughs> if she if she gets uh, if she gets carrie's smarts and your logic yeah dear god mm. that'll be a hell of a kid that was a beer break yeah it was it was a communal beer, beer yeah. break <laughs> sometimes you just feel that moment's necessary yeah. and you just gotta go for it yeah. but our next hopeful one there's one in hampton illinois just on the other side of Silvis that, okay. that we kind of like sure it's a split level there's also one in Bettendorf, too. It's surprisingly also a split level that we really like. So that's right next to the Bettendorf High School. It's nice. Oh, dude, I really want so something out of town. Expensive. It's it's up there, but uh, we really wanted something out of town to where we could get like, you know, chickens and stuff. You know, because sure. I always wanted chickens. 
And uh, dude, there's nothing for sale on the outside of the Quad Cities. Yeah, like just nothing at all. So at least nothing within our price range. But sure. So how was your spring, Joshua Khan? My spring has been uh fucking jam packed, man. Yeah. Um. So I don't remember. Uh, we kind of touched on this uh, with the last podcast that we aired. We had the uh, the Mass Effect charity live stream. Yeah. Uh, you and I did a podcast for that show that will never be seen because nope. we well, we found out afterwards that we couldn't get the footage because it was a live stream. So downloading it all, like oh, you'd have to download the, the whole, whole thing. thing. Yeah, you can't. And play it was time just like markers. yeah, so it was just absurd. So it was like ah, well, it was fun. Like yeah. we had we had a good time. Yeah, so for those of you who actually got to watch the stream, yeah, you're part of something stream. special now. Yeah, a, a never before seen and never will be ever seen again. Oh yes. uh, live podcast. And we actually had sponsors. To, I know. Like, real sponsors to Legit. advertise. Not just our nonsense. Well, you know, it's not so short. We have amazing sponsors. Yes, we have amazing sponsors. Amazing sponsors. Amazing. With the best um, And yeah, so the, so that went super well. Um, I got invited to join Loot Suits uh, as a... Uh, as an on-air performer. Nice. So I'm officially a member of Loot Suits now. Um, I will be running the group loot show, which is there like when they game with guests. Okay. So it'll be my responsibility to like bring in guests and and keep them behaving and stuff. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm going to be doing. So uh, I'll be, we'll be getting to that shortly. Um, let's see. We uh, wrapped episodes. Four and five of Against the Odds. That's big Episode deal. six only has one more day of filming, and that's next month. Wow. And then just episode seven. That's we have it. less than ten days of filming before Against the Odds is completely wrapped. That's wild. It is bonkers. I cannot believe it's like this close. Yeah. Are you getting any of the uh, now what's yet? The now what? Yeah. So you get oh, it done and you're like, sure. well, now what? Uh, I've actually already started on the next thing. That doesn't surprise we, me. Uh, we're working with Circa 21 to do a uh, The Office Parks and Rec-esque style show. Yeah, you were talking about that. Based on the bootleggers. So That's cool. Uh, we got together and we wrote the first the first act of the first episode. Wow. To try to like finally... like It took us a while to like switch gears and to write in a new style. Yeah. Because you may think... Like watching those shows, you may think that that looks super easy to write. It is not. Yeah, it is not easy to yeah. write. Well, because you can't be like too corny with the jokes. You can't see them coming that well. So. Sure, and well, yeah. and you have to like, you have to pick those moments of like, especially like when you. So when you go back and watch it, because now I've been watching with like a critical eye. Uh, especially in the editing process when it's like, okay, somebody's voiceover is happening, but we're sh- we're being shown this footage, so that way once this is done, the scene taking place, we get where that's coming from. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, it's pieced together yeah, it's precise. so well yeah, it's that it's like, okay, how we have to write this in a way that makes the editing easy mm-hmm. and makes the whole thing fluid. So going with our regular format just isn't going to work. So we have to expand and learn to write in new ways. That's good. So it'll be a challenge, but I'm very excited about it. Absolutely. Um, I got to do uh, the biggest show of SCW's career with them. Tell me of this. At the... Uh, at the Cole Ballroom in Davenport. Yeah. Oh, God, it was so fucking cool. Uh, Burlesque was there. Our girls, like, basically walked the, the wrestlers to the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a convoluted situation because we didn't, like, the way we were originally planning things out isn't how it went down oh, because okay. they had to, like, kind of change their setup a little bit. I mean, we adjusted on the fly and it's still, like, nobody in the audience would have known any different. Right. Because we figured it out before doors opened. 
but uh but yeah it was super cool uh x-pac was there and x-pac was amazing yeah and in like the best shape of his freaking life yeah came out to his uh dx music with his dx suck it jersey on halfway through the match pulls it off and he's got his nwo tights and i was like fucking a that's awesome uh and then uh him and his tag team partner won the match and then he got on the mic and he like thanked everybody for their support and uh, said what like a great opportunity it was, and then he's like, "This is probably gonna be the last time you're ever gonna see me in Davenport because I'm getting too old for this shit, <laughs> and it just figures that I'm in the best shape of my life as t- as I'm gonna retire." Oh yeah. And he like during the match, like he he let down the tights, and he is like ripped, like he is crazy in shape, and like he definitely the best shape of his career. Wild. And then yeah, he just he knows that it's time to to hang it up of course he's also not hanging around those x-pac guys or those uh nwo guys either so <laughs> a lot of them like to drink let's yes, be honest that's true that's yeah. true get a different lifestyle your, under his belt. Uh, your kevin nash is gonna be local no he's gonna be at the river bandits this really year. yeah because they bring in a wrestler every year that's so awesome. i guess it's gonna be kevin nash that'd that's be kind of pretty cool. kick-ass um seth rollins was just there yeah they did the black and the black and brave has been doing like matches before uh bandits games yeah so i've been seeing the guys share some of those um but other than that i've been you know doing what i can with scw just still kind of hanging around trying to like offer my services where i can Mm -hmm. um i got a couple ideas that i'm getting ready to like do a soft pitch uh the king of the king of scott county uh steven youngblood is going to be my co-host for the september burlesque show nice and i am fucking stoked it's gonna be so good um, nice. yeah, it's going to be it's super exciting to like take one of them and put them in, in our world and see it happen. And like, I've had plenty of conversations, uh, with, uh, King Youngblood about it and he's super excited and he's super cool guy. So I'm very excited to like get in there and work with him on that and yeah. try that whole new thing. Um, I, uh, now work for the podcast network. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I'm I'm hired onto a national podcast. That's a big. <laughs> so thing. that's kind of a big thing. Yeah. Uh, three. I have three episodes out now. Uh, the remarkable life and tragic deaths of Abraham Lincoln, Bob Marley, and Chris Sippis, uh, that are all on the Parcast Network, or I listen to them on SoundCloud. Yeah. But yeah, I got my my first three episodes up. Nice. So that's been super fun, and it's been super weird. Because I'm a fan of this show. I was a fan of the show before I got on the show. And there was a voice actor. I didn't know his name. But I always I always recognized him in every episode. Because he's got a, just a great voice. And he's like super talented. Yeah. So uh, I listened to my first episode of Remarkable Lives, Tragic Deaths. Which was Abraham Lincoln. And he was the actor playing Lincoln. And I got like, I geeked out because even though we were never in the same place at the same right. time, like we were across the country from one another, but I got to hear myself do scene work with the person that like is my favorite person on the show. Nice. So I like weirdly geeked out and I'm like, no one will understand why I'm freaking out about this because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I love it. I'm like so excited. Yeah. Uh, so that's been super cool. Uh, also, I got engaged. Yeah. Hey, hey. I'm engaged to be married. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So for all Saving of you doubters. Saving the best for last. Yeah. Never, maybe might check hell. Hmm? We should probably check hell. See if it's cold. Yeah, it might yeah. be cold. Might be a little chilly. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I popped the question to my lady and she said yes. 
Uh, she didn't even say, I have to think about it. Yeah. Or and alcohol maybe. wasn't even really that yeah, involved. She was stone sober. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a good time. Then we went out and had like a really nice dinner and uh, got free dessert because we got engaged, which nice. is awesome. That's so anytime cool I get reservations anywhere, I'm just going to say, I'm proposing before we come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we'll going to be there with eight friends. And by the yeah, way, we're all proposing to each other. It's a we're weird situation. All pro- we did a group proposal. <laughs> so, so yeah, like that was um, that was super insane. So I've been um, going through the whole wedding checklist. And like starting that, I told Betsy she had to get me a wedding checklist or else I wouldn't be able to do anything. Right, yeah. I can't function without a checklist. That's kind of how I work too. It's yeah. like, you just tell me kind of the things I need to do and I will happily do those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but other than taking, like everybody's always like, well, you need to take initiative. It's like, you realize there's a thousand things to do, right? And sure. she's kind of on top of it. I don't really, I'd be more in the way. Right. You know, taking initiative. No, yeah. no, no, no. Just let the missus tell me what to do. I, I will be the druid of this group and just be pure support. <laughs> pure support. I bring that support class. <laughs> uh, we set a date. Yeah. So next to May. So less than a year away from oh from a wedding. Oh boy. And it will be official. I will be the last one of our group to to be married. Yep. As I called it when we were sophomores in high school. Oh yeah. <laughs> a bet I had laid down easily over ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and even in your defense, even back then, I'm I'm still with the birds and I was with back then. That's true. And Jason was in a pretty serious relationship back then. Yes. And so I could kind of see <laughs> your logic in that just happen to come true. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, I really pulled it out, but no, we're very excited. We've, we've got all that planning stuff to do and oh, yeah. getting, we got our venue. We've got some stuff here and there. We just got to, you know, start knocking things off that checklist. Oh, yeah. and, and then it's going to come a lot faster than you'd expect too. Well, the, the thing that's going on right now that I'm like freaking out about is that we can only have about 225 to 250 people at the wedding. That's still a lot. It is a lot. Our guest list is over 400. Holy crap, man. Yes. Because Betsy would like she, Betsy gave me the rules for who you invite to your wedding, like who who has yeah. to go on the list. And it was like if you've been invited to their wedding, you're supposed to invite them. Right. You're supposed to invite like um the the parents of the bridesmen the the bridesmaids and groomsmen, which I think is weird. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, just all these, like, things for who to invite. And I was like, well, if you want to play that game, then yeah. Parents of the bridesmaids and groomsmen. Yeah. That's, I don't know about that one. No, and I think and I think it's weird. Except for, like, well, it occurred to me, because, like, obviously my mom was at yours and Jason's well, wedding. Well, yeah, but she's but also that's... a great friend of ours, too. Right. So I get it, that. Exactly. I always go by, and this is more of a modern thing. Travis actually taught me. It's Travis Tarpin. Yeah. Uh, he says, if you don't know the address or the phone number... Of the person, <laughs> you don't need to send them an invitation. That makes sense. It shouldn't be going out through Facebook. Yeah. So that's a very good point. That's that's one thing. And yeah. also another option: Have you considered telecasting? Oh, that's a great idea. Stream that shit live. Yeah. That'll just, be our just podcast put on, for the put week. On, I'll put it on eight three. <laughs> bump the brood. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just put it right into it. Right on network television. Yes. Done and done. Yeah. But no, it was like. Because she has to, her family comes to every single wedding of every person that's ever gotten married in the history of their family. Yeah. So just our families, just our immediate families is over, is a little over a hundred. Oh my God. Because yeah. well, my mom is one of seven. 
Her mom is one of five. Her dad is one of seven. Oh, you don't, you and, guys don't have family trees. You have family bushes. Yeah, it's insane. And each one of like each one of my aunts and uncles has uh, between one and three kids. Uh, all of hers, her cousins, or all of her aunts and uncles had like three kids each. Yeah. So is your, just, is your dad's side planning coming? Um, they know that it's happening okay we'll so see. we haven't gotten a firm yeah. yet well i mean well and it's it's one of those things like the, I, I get they live across the country and i get that yeah. funds aren't what most prevalent they, yeah. yeah so if they can't make it to my wedding i'm not going to be upset yeah. about it teleconference teleconference i'm telling yeah. you just skype oh, that weird speaking of my sister um she uh kind of is working on getting me a gig where i will go uh, in the summer I will be given an all-expenses-paid trip to Oregon to teach theater and improv to convicts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because she she works with uh, an organization that, and it's like like fresh, like eighteen, like seventeen, eighteen year old. So right out of juvie. Right. Like they they went straight from juvie, and now they're like in. They've been to jail already. Yeah, they're in the um, system. And I was having this conversation with my sister around Christmas about how I read an article that the inmates inmates in correctional facilities that are introduced to things like drama are less likely to come back. Yeah. Um, and I thought that very, it was very interesting. And, and part of the reason is it being um, the smart ass answer is, well, they learned to lie better because uh, <laughs> now they're actors yeah but in reality like it it becomes like if it becomes something they enjoy the theater community is it is just that it is a community well, all... of people so it gets you an entirely new social circle mm-hmm. it gets you an entirely new uh schedule to be in a play right like it it can put you in a whole new space right and from my limited knowledge of the the correctional system because i did go through a little bit of law um I know a lot of them tend to put on this this face of like they make themselves into a character and then they can't break out of that sure. character anymore. Right. So being able to transform themselves into another character on stage might help them relieve some of that. They might be able to transform into something else in their yeah, brain. That's you know, true. So there's something other than this hard ass guy that I have to be all the time. Right. So that's good. Yeah. So uh, we're working on that. That's cool. Uh, man. See what the details of that are going to be. Yeah. Wow. But uh, she like offhandedly pitched it to like because i sent her like here's you know the bible of improv mm-hmm. um if you if anybody's interested truth and comedy buy it on amazon it's the improv bible hmm. um and i sent her the the book and i was like you know give it a read there's some cool exercises in there i'm sure you could have you could do with them and you know ask me any questions whatever so she works at the correctional facility she yeah she teach like she like teaches a class there hmm. um and so yeah she like pitched it to the organization that does it that like organizes all this stuff that they do for the inmates. And she like mentioned me and what I do and my credentials and all this stuff. Nice. And they were like, let's see what we can do. And I was like, fucking A, all right. I will travel to teach improv. Let's do this. If, if they need a beginner's Brazilian jiu-jitsu class, <laughs> yeah. we'll make a week of it. Yeah, and... totally. We'll just trip out to Oregon. Yeah. It'll be sweet. There you go. Uh, so yeah, that's my spring in review. Wow. Yes. Cool. And this is where we put commercials, right? Yeah. Now we say, we'll be right back after this quick commercial, a word from our sponsor. Okay. Do we need to say that again or just go? I think we just go. Okay. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, this part of our show has been brought to you by the Conquest Podcast. It is a podcast where two guys talk about anything and everything on their minds. 
even if they don't know anything about it. Nothing. So if you want to hear something like that, well, good, because you're already listening to our show. So just go ahead and keep listening, then. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Open Source Improv has taken over the Quad Cities. That's right, bringing together performers from every Quad City Improv comedy troupe ever made. They have brought their sense of unadulterated, uncensored fun to several venues across the Quad Cities. If you want to see them next, check them out at the Fargo Lounge at Highland Park in Moline this next Saturday, February 11th, and returning to the Circa 21 Speakeasy Saturday, February 18th. You're not going to want to miss this. Sign up and join the revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, do you like debonair dudes and sexy ladies? Well, then you better check out Bottoms Up Quad City Burlesque. Hometown Burlesque, just for you. Come down to our next show at the Circa 21 Speakeasy, March 24th and 25th, for our show Macabre Murder Mystery. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, a burlesque whodunit. Naked people and murder. What more can you ask for? Please get your tickets by calling the Circa 21 box office at 309 781 7733 extension 2 or online at www.thecircuit21speakeasy.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show after those thrilling, thrilling commercials or commercial one, whatever. The point being, guys, we're back. Hi. And uh, we are going to, as we spent a lot of time on our uh, couple months in review, mm-hmm. um, we're going to hit a, a serious main topic. It's time for the main topic. That main topic is we're going to talk about the Manchester bombing uh, and kind of just the the news that's come out of that. And I want to focus on some more like of the positive things that came out of it. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, Bill's on being one of them. Hi. Uh, <laughs> so the the Manchester bombing happened at the end of an Ariana Grande concert uh, as people were leaving. This uh, suicide bomber came in uh, where people were exiting and set off a bomb full of, like, nuts and bolts and stuff and killed 22 and injured 50, yeah, it was a lot. 55, I want to say. Yeah, a lot of kids, too. Yes, a lot of kids. Uh, through, they got sent through, like, uh, they got eight hospitals involved, yeah. like, taking so that nobody was overwhelmed and could handle all the, the incoming traumas and stuff. Well, luckily, luckily in this day and age, there's contingency plans for all that kind of stuff, so that's good. Right. We, we've we've gotten past the point of, like, being utterly surprised. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who will put things into action. Um, so I found out about this on uh, Tuesday morning. Um, I was, uh, I saw somebody post something about it, so immediately I got to my desk and I threw up bbc.com and they had just live coverage so i just kind of put that in a tab and just listened to it right pretty much all day while they were uh, announcing stuff and it was it was jarring like it was because of the the targets like knowing that like the target is kids yeah like in a situation like that like it, which is just so so crazy and like so like people coming out and giving statements about like how deplorable it is to mm-hmm. to attack children. Um, our lovely Lord Emperor Trump, long may he reign. Oh hell he! Uh, was calling them evil losers, which I felt was just really. <laughs> it's a very Trumpian thing to do. Coming out swinging, oh, Trump, God. evil losers. Um, 
and yeah, just a, a lot of really sad, uh, sad things. People like looking for family, um, parents who dropped their kids off and then were at home and were on their way to pick them up and then showed up at that madness. Like mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the craziness. Um, but I want to focus, like I said, on on some of the positive stuff. Uh, for instance, one of the stories that people were talking about is that uh, cab drivers who were out there, you know, outside a concert, always right. always having cab drivers. Um, the cab drivers turned off their meters and were offering people free rides home. That's cool. Like when people like were gathered and able to leave and they were calling cab like cabs from around the country, like anybody who was who is in driving distance, yeah. were turning off their meters, driving all the way to Manchester to pick up families and just get people home. Right. Which is I like if nothing speaks to what like I mean, I wouldn't really say it's like random kindness, but it's like that uh, that instinctual kindness. Yeah. Like, cause you, you, that had to start somewhere. Well, and that's one thing that I noticed, especially since this is happening more and more these days, stuff like this is when you get one extreme, oftentimes you get the other extreme and you know, you actually see human beings being human beings for once yeah. when something like that happens. You know, I always, we like to use the old, uh, you know, if you put two people on an Island, it's going to be a socialist economy. Because if I have <laughs> if I have two coconuts and you have no coconuts, I'm going to give you a coconut. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. But once right. you start, you know, once things get involved with, like, emotions and all that, things change. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So good things tend to happen in bad situations. Right. And that's that's what you have to hope for. I mean, that's what you, that's what you have to hang on to mm-hmm. is the hoping that people will do these things. But I just, I, I love the thought of, like, it's one of those instances where I wish I could be a fly on the wall at the time that the first person to make that call you know, decided themselves, this is the right thing to do and just right. did it. Yeah. Like it, cause it, sta- it started with one person. Always it always has to start with one person. So I just, I think that that is, uh, and, and it feels like a choice that was made on, on somebody with good morals and a good person and on instinct, basically right. like that seems like a very instinctual, right? Like I hear about it now and I would like to think that I would be the kind of person. It, it sounds like an, Oh yeah. So, of course. Right. Like, you would like to be the kind of person who would do that. Right. But then you think about it, like, man, at the time, would I have the wherewithal to be like, oh, this is something I could do to help. Right. Instead of, like, just freaking out. Getting out of there, yeah. Yeah. Well, not only did they give free rides, but you also saw all the houses and stuff around giving shelter. And mm-hmm. if they needed a night, you know. Yep. They could stay there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was crazy, too. Um, the... The other thing that came out, um, and I don't know if you've heard about this, uh, Ariana Grande, like, obviously, day of, people were, like, sending out their condolences and stuff, and then she sent out, like, a, a thing on Twitter just saying that she was, like, she felt broken. Like, she was just so torn up over it happening at her concert. Right. And just and how terrible she felt. Um, the next day, she released a statement uh, that she will pay for the funerals of all of the, oh, the wow. victims. Like, yeah, she's going to pay for all of it. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is, but, like, man. Good on her for yeah. being that well off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of impressive. 
Well, well she... hopefully it's not coming like straight out of her savings. Hopefully, maybe like hopefully like her label will back her up on that yeah. or something. Yeah, like... I'm just saying that if I die, I have to Carrie's gonna have to argue with the life insurance company. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, like that was like just something like she didn't have to do that. Yeah. That's not that nobody nobody expected that from her. No, that's above me. Uh, because it hasn't this attack has nothing to do with her. Yeah. The it, the attack had everything to do with the people opportunity. Yeah. Um. And so so yeah, like I just I thought that was an amazing show of kindness in such a tragedy and a one that I did not expect. Right. So and yeah, yeah, it, it's like the biggest thing that's hit their country since the the seven seven bombings. Uh, back in 2005. Yeah, it was subway bombings, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like a shopping center. Yeah. I think. So, yeah. so here's the question. What do we do about that? Is there anything that we can do about all these, you know, bombings and attacks and everything happening all over the place? Because without actually like profiling and, and, you know, saying that person's brown, you know, <laughs> we should do something. Right. How do, how do you... Well, the one of the things that kept coming up on BBC's report was that they were talking to, you know, they, they'd, you know, grab somebody everywhere they could to get, like, a live coverage from somebody in different parts of, yeah. of, of, like, the government and stuff like that. And I've noticed that, and it may just be because... Uh, I don't pay enough attention when it's my when it's home mm-hmm. as opposed to when it's somewhere else. But they were very um, open about like how many attacks that they're like that their M five have um, thwarted have thwarted, and like they, that's very public that they are like they're basically their statistics are like they foil some sort of terrorist plot like, like once a week, day, yeah, like so. And I, I guess I don't really hear those stats at home no, as no. much. Like, it's not really as openly talked secret, about. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot like we are afraid, like, we can't mention anything or else the terrorists will know we're on to them. And yeah. we got to keep everything super hush-hush so nobody has the information. Yeah. Well, they're just, like, very upfront about how often how often they were able to uncover these. And, like, how fast they were on this person identifying the bomber. Um, it was... Um, only you know, only a few hours in, and also like the the free exchange of information was you could tell there people weren't a hundred percent waiting on getting like an Fact all checks. clear to say something. Yeah, like there were plenty of people who were giving their opinions and like they were making it known that it was an opinion and that it wasn't it, nothing right. they could factually back up because it was like was this the the biggest one was the was this person working alone was this a solo suicide bomber. And everybody's answer was in the form of, basically, uh, we can't say, but I don't think so. Yeah, this like, guy. Apparently, from what I've heard, this guy was an absolute idiot. Right, and and, and the, the the explosive itself was was it, way too advanced. Way too advanced, and he had to get all the way from where he was to that concert right. with that bomb. Right, like that's not something you just hop on a bus wearing. Right, like. Yeah. It's a very sensitive piece of equipment. Yeah. So like there, there was a lot of evidence that pointed to there are a lot of moving parts here, but I, I don't know. I appreciated that that honesty to your people. Right. Of like, we know like we're it was this sense of like we're all going through this together at every level. Yeah. Like, whereas I feel like in America that's not no, that's yeah. not what there's you a get. there's a big gap between right. government and the people. Yeah. So that was another thing that that free to like that free flow of information, even if it was just 
kind of hi- like a hypothesis, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, the people saying, I don't think so, were like the chief of police. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, like no a, guy, a guy on the street that was like, nah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, some dude. Just saying. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was people who would, I would trust their gut instinct yeah. on yeah, they've seen stuff something like they before. have to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally something. Yeah, meanwhile, in America, we give just no comments all day. Right. So, uh, and then the uh, the other thing. Uh, this is less of a a big news thing than the Ariana Grande paying for funerals. Um, but there was um, people obviously had their cell phones out at the concert, of course. And so when you initially saw, like when they were running it on BBC, they got a hold of cell phone footage. Um, like to to air in those spaces, what they did, what the the uh, police department did, is they had basically everybody. They sent out a thing. If you had video, if you took video at any time during this concert, send it to this address, and the police like compiled every piece of footage they could get from like the videos people sent in on their phones, oh, yeah. and were able to use that to find people. Oh, really? Yeah. They were because it was able to be like, oh, this like you know a report of this person uh, in this video. You can see them; uh, they're on this side of the building, or like yeah. it, it gave them an idea of like where to start for the, the people that they were missing. Right, and like that just blew my mind. That's so crazy. Just like the that's another and that's another share information thing. That's a mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Send us everything you've Dude. got, and we will sift through it, and we will find people. We're going to the hive mind sooner or later. <laughs> it's it's going to be a thing, whether it's technological or biological. Sure, but like hearing all this makes like that's a thing that like I would want. Oh yeah. Like if that attack happened, uh, like at some place around here, like uh, like some some stadium or some venue here some big disaster happens i would love to get that kind of response oh, yeah. from from the people around here absolutely i don't know if we'd get it <laughs> at, I, at least not the same degree right yeah uh or or that same amount of coverage yeah and that throws me um so yeah those are those are like the cool things that i thought came out of this this like darkness um which kind of segues into what I want to talk about about the more between us is the the biggest terrorist attack we've ever lived through September eleventh mm. right um we like every generation has that you know you'll never forget where you were when right when the twin towers fell when j f k was shot like well there's all these things when video killed the radio star right uh all of these things you know all the tragedies right all the tragedies um and I was thinking about it following this news and just kind of thinking about how I felt mm-hmm. at the time being that, that being something that happened on my home soil and it being something so televised and so everywhere. Oh yeah. Uh, so what, uh, where were you? Where were you when? I was in my freshman band class cause I was a band geek back then. Oh, yeah. You were a nerd. I was, well, I still am. <laughs> I'm just a little bit more muscular nerd. And uh, I was, I'll never forget it because in my warped sense of humor, it's still kind of funny to me. Um, n- not the attack, but the situation. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we were in band class and we were actually in marching band. It was a freshman year marching band. And Mr. Brooks had on the TV before class started. And as soon as class, and this is after the first plane had fallen and hit it. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he turned it off and he said, "All right, it'll be there when we get back. Let's let's go do class." And we went and we did all of our marching stuff. We came back and it wasn't there. Oh my god! Yeah, the towers had already fallen, and so we missed that entire thing. And I don't really remember the rest of the day, to be honest. It was after that point, it was a complete blur to me. Yeah, like you don't really think. So at the time we were so young that New York seemed so far away. Right. You know, kind of like how, you know, Manchester seems far away to us now. Right. Even though we're in a more connected world now than we were back then. Right. But it didn't feel like it was American soil. You didn't grasp how big of a deal it was until you get a little bit older and you look back and you're like, wow, that was the first domino. Yeah. You know, and then that just set so many things in motion, you know. So, yeah, that's where I was. How about you? I was, um, I remember I found out about it in my homeroom class. That's when, like, the news first came on and the first plane had hit. Right. And then the bell rang to go to first period. And so my first period was my business law class. And um, I I walked into the room and immediately was like, hey, turn on the TV. Because the teacher in that room had the TV off, didn't know anything about it. So she, like, got up and she... and uh, turned on the TV and we're watching. And I, I remember this moment like so vividly. So I'm, I'm watching it. People are talking about it as they come in. And, uh, Ryan Mayfield was in that class with me and he comes walking in. He's walking towards me as I'm watching the second plane hit live. Yeah. And it happens and he sees my face and he turns around and he goes, what y'all watching an action movie? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, cause I was just so like my, my brain just couldn't fathom that there were people that didn't know what was going on, even though right. I barely knew what was going on, but my, right. like, I just couldn't yeah. like the severity of what I'm seeing is just overwhelming yeah. me. Well, that's the first time it was ever on live TV. Oh yeah. And like, yeah, something is so destructive. But yeah, and he turned it on like, and I like explained to him really quickly what was happening, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And so we're watching it, and I remember basically that class that being basically being canceled, yeah. and just we spent that whole day, that whole period watching TV, like watching the reports, and then every class I went to that day was like the teacher would start off by saying something, and then we'd like watch more coverage and stuff, and like. But kind of like I don't I don't remember a lot of detail about that day beyond beyond that conversation with him. Right. Yeah. There's like one that thing moment. that always sticks out. Yeah. yeah. And it just and like yeah and being so confused. Yeah. And uh, I remember calling, getting a hold of my mom because uh, my you know, my parents are Marines, and so even though my mom's not active duty, yeah, she still has friends. Like all over the place, right? Uh, and she, and then um, it turns out she had like a friend at, that was like at the Pentagon that day. Oh wow! Yeah, and so like it was like just kind of like weird. Like it was a weird, very fast personal connection to, and it was like a friend of hers that I had met like oh. years ago when I was a kid. Yeah. So I don't really remember him, but my but like my Still, mom told me you that knew I had somebody. Yeah. yeah, right. So like it was like a super weird. Uh, a weird sensation to have that like personal connection real one fast. Thing, one thing I really remember was like I didn't have a why. 
Like there was no sure. like why there's it's not like a bank robbery where mm-hmm. you get something out of it. Right. You know, the idea of, of suicide stuff had never it happened since like World War Two and that was in wartime. Okay. So I, I didn't really understand at the time why something like this would happen. And I just remember going home and not seeing a single plane in the sky and like no contrails, yeah. nothing. And there was extra police like everywhere. And that's one thing to tie back to Manchester is, you know, they have their own army in the streets now. Yeah. You know, automatic rifles, True. the whole nine yards, which the police don't even carry handguns. You're right. Yeah. There's no firearms. That's the weirdest thing is to see footage of Manchester yeah. with people with cops with guns in the street. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing because they're so, I mean, everything's so de-escalated there. Right. And now it's so escalated. That, yeah. And now they're in their, their critical thing of, of terrorism attacks. So Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they can dial that down. But did you hear this is kind of on the same lines, how they're kind of mad at the United States for constantly leaking secret information. Did you hear about this? No. God damn it. So what did we do? Apparently our intelligence agency leaked pictures of the scene, uh, names, like the guy's name was not supposed to be wow. released. And like, cause we have this trading of information with England sure. cause they're like our best friends. Right. So they tell us, like, hey, we're working on this case. These are the details. If you see anything or can share any information with us, please let us know. Right. And instead of us being like, yeah, sure, that's great, we go, hey, press, how can we make money off this? Right. You know, it's... Guys, guess what I heard? Yeah. Guys, <laughs> guess what I heard? No, no, get down. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's oh, crazy. God, so, so, so they actually, the prime minister was like, <clears throat> you know, we really like the uh, open communication we had before between countries. But if we can't trust you, we can't give you this information. Right. And it's so weird being lectured by our parents. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. It's Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well um no, okay, that makes sense because I saw somebody share a screenshot of like the title of an article and it was like a quote from somebody that said something about Giving America, giving the U.S. information is a security risk. And yeah. I was like, that is the most terrifying thing yeah. that I have read about my home in a while. I know. But totally understandable. It, I get it. Am I, the I get only it, one, guys. Am, am I the only one that sees, like, the American government is, like, doing a complete 180? <laughs> like, we were always, like, this beacon of hope and truth. And, and our government was the strongest. I mean, the greatest economy. And we were just this power train moving forward. And now you're like, oh, what do we fuck up now? Now we are the starting point. We're the uh, prequel to idiocracy. Yeah. Like we're like it's happening really, fast. Yeah. We're working that level real it's, up. It's happening fast. Yeah. Don't worry, man. Uh, just four years and then Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be our president. I would rather have him. Honestly. <laughs> honestly. He's, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. I wouldn't be I, I would be it. very interested. Yeah. No, he's a cool guy, too. So I'd be yeah. all about that. So, yeah. It's... um. Yeah, it's 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 such a crazy thing. Um, what? Okay, so you said your initial reaction, you had that why yeah. kind of reaction. Um, I would say my my reaction with this being the first thing I, I'd ever experienced on this level, I was in retrospect, I'm real glad I wasn't 18 yet. Yeah, me too. Because me too. I was super like, I man, I wish I was old enough to to enlist. Like it really it got me in that like. Yeah. In that headspace. That vengeance headspace. Of like, yeah, like, someone needs to pay for this. Yeah. And I want to be a part of that boot to the ass. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I remember and, back then, everybody was talking about, like, just drop the Hells Angels in with parachutes and Uzis. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like, <laughs> no, it's a little bit more pervasive than we thought. Sure. And then, well, and then knowing, like, before that, I'd never, I didn't know anything about... Yeah. Desert know, Storm de- or yeah. that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like, yeah. I didn't know who these people were that they were, like, yeah. uh, Osama Bin Laden was not a household name no, at was the not. time. Yeah. And who who this group of people were. And, yeah. like, holy shit, where all, all of a sudden they're beheading people and, like, um, mm-hmm. sending us videos of it. And, like, where, like, this escalated quickly, guys. Yeah. Well, it's weird because you look back at it now. And as you know, I'm a bit of a, bit of a history buff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look back at it now and you're like, oh, well, of course. <laughs> that makes complete sure. sense. And then I don't want to say America did a bunch of stuff wrong, but we did some fucked up shit. <laughs> I mean, sure. it was, we did some weird things. And as much as I would much prefer to fight a conventional army than what we're facing now, mm-hmm. I could see it coming. Yeah. And it's weird that, I mean, we were so young and innocent at the time right. that we we were nowhere near anywhere capable of understanding this stuff. But looking at it now, I'm like, oh, Okay, you know I can kind of see this coming down the pipeline. So I'm I'm more surprised now that our government was so shocked. Sure, you know that we had such lax everything. Okay, now I have this. This is the hard question. All right, this is okay. the one that that I I've been kind of thinking about, and I don't really know if I have my answer yet either. Um, comparatively, because we we experienced nine eleven. That mm-hmm. was the first big thing for us and our generation. There are people that. This this Manchester attack in in the UK the the people, right. the kids growing up in the UK this is the first thing they will have ever experienced right what how do you think it will be different coping wise given like the the fact that we're a different generation and the different things that are available to people now that weren't then or uh, or I guess just how kids are these days them rascals i think the, i think the the rage factor is gonna be a lot less mm-hmm. because we've been in such an entrenched war with that ideology for so long that i think it's going to be more of a shit bet right wrong place wrong time yeah kind of feel you know it i i said that's gonna sound terrible but i'm not surprised by this stuff anymore i'm saddened by it i'm i'm demoralized by it i wish it didn't happen but i'm not surprised yeah. Um, it's just stuff that's going to happen. Cause how, how do you stop one person among umpteen billion people? You know, you, it's literally like finding an analog. Yeah. It's so hard and it only takes one guy to do some stupid stuff and, and affect a lot of people's lives. True. Um, one thing I am thankful for that it was only one guy. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I, I mean, the building is still standing. Thank God. So it, but the thing is, is that means nothing to the family that is actually already impacted sure and their lives will never be the same and i think what it's going to take is a realization from everybody to have the same feeling as what that one person is feeling to actually make true change and to actually start taking measures against something like this and i'm not saying that we should you know erase islam and all that stuff that's first of all impractical right and second, it's kind of Islam kinda, isn't it's, the problem. It's not. It's not a very moral decision. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying that we need to, as a country, and as as a world, frankly, come together and actually make a plan, because we're so segmented by politics that we can't do anything. We're spinning our wheels. Like one side will say, 
this and another side will say that and they're two totally opposites that will never happen at the same time mm-hmm. and then we fight about those things right. instead of actually working on the problem yeah so i really hope that if not this one the next one will be a catalyst to where we can say okay enough bickering let's sit down and actually make a plan to where we can prevent stuff like this from happening in the future whatever that takes if it's another war it's another war if it's you know, some kind of democracy thing, that'd be great. Uh, if it's an economical decision, we need to make sure it's hard and true because these guys are used to living with nothing already. So, you know, punishing the people with money isn't really going to affect the people that are carrying the bombs all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, honestly, I have absolutely no idea. Um, as far as coping, I don't know. I've been very lucky in my life to not have anything that I can compare it to, you know, we were lucky that we were removed. Mm-hmm. We were halfway across the country. Yeah. We are also very lucky that we live in a more rural area to where, I mean, even though we do have the arsenal right next to us, we're not a high target. Right. So we have the security blanket. A lot of places don't have the security blanket. And so they live with that anxiety every day that it could happen. And they just put it in the back of their mind. It's like every time you get in a car, like today could be the day. But you put it in the back of your mind because, you know, the odds of it happening are so slim, but it could happen. True. So, yeah, I don't know how to cope with it. I don't have that. I don't have that gear built <laughs> into my head. So, no, I think I think you had uh, you have a very good point in there that if if this generation, if this uh, this culture that we live in now can take anything away from how we responded to our tragedy and how we've been responding to tragedies since and, and attacks as they've come that they be met with more empathy than aggression. Yeah. Because empathy is more powerful. Yeah. Um, and it, it helps more people. And that's, I think coming from it, from that standpoint, is the only thing that can bring people together to bring some sort of substantial change right. and make it change worth having. Yeah. And I, I, I generally think, and this, you know, this is just my opinion, but I think a lot of that radical Islamic culture comes from world ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so wrapped up in, in one belief system that one guy says, you need to do this for your savior. And you know, you, this is the only way to get to where you want to be. And so, and they don't already have, they already have nothing in their lives. They live in sand. Yeah. That's it. And so all they can hope for is a, is a good afterlife. So someone's giving them a way, a way out. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if, if we can purge that ignorance and kind of bring, I don't want to say Western civilization, but the knowledge that there is more than dirt and sand in the world, I think that would help out a lot as opposed to Tomahawk cruise missiles. You know, yeah, I could see that happening a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we we handle it the right way, which you know it's hard to say what way is the right way, but the only option left for us is to be handling things the right way. Yeah. All right, we've done everything. Uh, else. <laughs> well, I think uh, that brings us to the end of our welcome back episode. Yay! Uh, yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our. Uh, 
our, our lightheartedness and getting back to like some real serious talk. Yeah. So um, if you guys have any anything to say, please feel free to leave them in the comments over here on SoundCloud. Uh, send us an email at conquestpodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Or also leave them in the comments on YouTube. Or leave them, go on YouTube. Oh, and it'll also be on YouTube, so you'll be able to find it there. So mm-hmm. uh, leave us a message. Talk to us. Let us know uh, your thoughts. Um, yeah. Uh, letting go of anger, feeling more empathy, and uh, getting rid of ignorance are the things that we want to leave you with. So on behalf of Bill Appquist, I'm Joshua Khan. Thank you, and good night.